Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, February 15th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about legislative craziness, Governor Hutchinson pushing back against medical marijuana, the revocation of a troubled school's charter, and who knows, maybe some more. That yawn you hear is it's me. That's my, Max what, 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 what is it about that? There's something in the air in here. Maybe it's it, not Mr. Excitement Lindsay that makes me yawn, it, I know. It may be Friday at 4 p.m. Friday, Friday at 4 does tend me to make me yawn, it's true. So uh, another week down in uh, General Assembly, and I don't know what maybe the, the biggest news this week, uh, not a surprise at all, but uh, the House completing action on a bill that would virtually ban abortion in Arkansas should Roe v. Wade be overturned. Oh, really? Well, I mean, that was big news, and it was terrible news, and it, in keeping with Arkansas being just a benighted place, but, I mean, I would have said the tax news was probably bigger in terms of immediate impact. But, sure, I thought this would be more interesting to talk about. Well, well right, yeah. okay, that's that's fair. Well, uh, it's like you said. I mean, it's just awful legislation. I think there are two dozen states that have passed it now, maybe. But it's uh, Jason Rapert's idea. And, and if the Supreme Court reverses Roe v. Wade, of which there's fervent hope this court will do now that there are five conservatives on it, then abortion would essentially become illegal in Arkansas. There would be an exception. And, and I really resent those who say it would be an exception for medical emergency. That It's far worse than that. There'd be an exception if a doctor determined that a woman's life was in danger. I mean, it's the life of the mother only. And there are a lot of circumstances in pregnancy where you could have a terrible medical situation. You could, for example, have a pregnancy that ended your ability to reproduce, but didn't threaten your life. And, and, and it doesn't have an exception for rape. Uh, it doesn't have an exception for any type of fetal abnormality, and these are some of the most horrible cases. They're not determined early in pregnancy, and so when when Mary Bentley somehow suggested, oh, well, we, we still allow the morning-after pill, which I happen to think is still an open question, and if somehow that would prevent doing something when, you're, when your sonogram determined that you had a, a, a fetus without a brain or a fatal heart disease, you'd have to carry that fetus to term. And even if it died, you'd have to carry it to term. So this is just a mean, terrible bill. And it's another dictation by a religious group toward women and in terrible situations where we have a country where abortions are declining. And and I think if we had good sex education, a lot of other things, we'd have a, a, a lot, even a lot fewer abortions. But that's that's what we did. I guess the highlight of the debate was a Republican representative, Dan Douglas of Bentonville, who said, you know, walk in my shoes. And he had a, a relative who became pregnant and had a, a problem pregnancy and talked about how difficult it was for her and, and facing the possibility of delivering a child that had no more than a chance of lasting a day. And he was really moving and, and ignored. But, but But it was one rare Republican on that side. And I noticed... A couple of Republicans didn't vote. I mean, I, it suggested, but it still got well more than enough to pass. So, and and was not particularly surprising, except for this reason: in the Arkansas legislature, it's it's an article of faith that we are a quote pro-life unquote state. And I use scare quotes because, I mean, I think that's you know what pro we're all pro-life. I, I think, but but the polls show that we're we're not. 
the polls show clearly that a majority, a small majority, but a majority prefer to keep abortion legal in Arkansas with lots of restrictions, but to keep it illegal because, you know, you just never know. Okay, well, from from that to uh, what you rightly said was the, the bigger news, uh, the tax cut, uh, we talked last week about it and its inevitability and its flaws. Uh, there, it, it had been delayed a little bit from moving through because um, members of the House really wanted to, to hear the highway plan. Didn't that come out on Monday or am I? Yeah, I think that's right. And, and, and I, it, it, there was some thought that it might not pass the House on first vote because there were a handful of Republicans holding out for this and that on the on the highway bill and the highway plan was announced and it's it's a tax increase on poor people but what's new in arkansas and uh and that apparently satisfied enough of them and in fact they got 82 votes for passage including several democrats and and one of them was fred allen who's kind of a you know a handmaiden to the business community don Glover down in South Arkansas from the Delta. Why in the world he voted for a tax increase, uh, tax cut for millionaires? I do not know, but he did. And so they got six or seven. They got several other Democrats too. So, so it passed easily, and and I I presume economic development miracles will be just around the corner. And what about the highway plan? Well, uh, they would make permanent uh, the sales tax, the half cent sales tax. So that means that. Poor folks, uh, whether they own a car or not, going to pay for highways. Uh, they they would impose a uh, a brand new wholesale tax on gasoline, which would be passed on at the pump of of one point six percent. It would have a cap, be three cents a gallon on gas, six cents on diesel, and couldn't rise more than a tenth of a cent a year, up by a penny in ten years. In other words. But it's uh it's once again opening it, it is it, it it is at least a user tax, but Arkansas as a lot of people even on the Republican side, a lot of probably rural state, people have to drive a long way to work and pick up trucks that don't necessarily get real good mileage and so it's gonna affect those people. It has some offer of at least being long lasting. They're gonna they're gonna slam my wife, a new owner of an electric car with a two hundred dollar registration fee because of the fact that she doesn't pay gas taxes, I mean, I, I, I should, I, I don't mind, okay by me, but I mean, it's it's kind of a joke to think that these little lightweight electric cars cause any road damage compared to the millions and millions and millions that we subsidize from trucker damage. But, but that's, I'm speaking of self-interest here, of course. This week was the deadline to file uh, constitutional amendments. We saw a bevy of just all Yeah, ones. dozen, dozens, of, as is typical, and most of them aren't going to go anywhere. I, I, I would have to think that two different proposals to have a regular 60-day legislative session every year will be instantly cast aside, coming as it does from the single worst legislator in Arkansas, Trent Garner. But but who knows? I mean, you know, these guys do love themselves. I mean, as I pointed out, there are lots of various things. There, there are highway jiggling and there's term limits talk and, oh, what were some of, there's, what were some of the other popular... There's uh, another tort, right? Yeah, tort. There are several tort reform proposals, which will be melded into one, no doubt, to set limits on non, uh, 
non-economic and punitive damages in malpractice, negligence, and other types of lawsuits. But I mean, what what they boil down really to two very simple themes. One is accruing power for the legislature and making sure they don't lose it. And two, comforting rich people. I mean, that's those are the themes of Arkansas is is uh, powerful legislators and helping rich folks. More the more the same. There was nothing that you could call a populist offering among among that group of things no protection of voters no no anti-gerrymandering things no progressive taxation nothing it's just more make those little potentates that under the dome more powerful and make sure they can reward their rich friends uh, we should note that uh, representative T- tippy mccullough took up the mantle of uh, Warwick Saban and proposed an earned income tax uh, credit of, how much was it? Uh, 10% of the federal of earned the, income tax credit. And it, of course, it went, was went res- nowhere. It went, went down in flames, as did the effort to lop off the tax break for rich people for the, for the part of income that was more than four hundred. $56,000 a year, that income above that amount would still have the top tax rate. But that was just, uh, we got to protect every dollar we can for those 12,000 millionaires because who knows, they might move to Louisiana or something yeah. to get a 1% lower income tax rate. Well, and then uh, one more note uh, in, in terms of constitutional amendments. State Representative Vivian Flowers uh, proposed one oh, to, to I'm end sorry. slavery. I'm sorry. That, that, that is a good amendment. It's something that we could accomplish. I mean, it would be nice. The Arkansas Constitution from 1874 abolished slavery except for criminal punishment, which is kind of unbelievable today. There are only two states left, Arkansas and Alabama, that, that make prison inmates work for free. But we, and, and we could change that by statute. But it would be nice to have slavery entirely out of the Constitution, I think. I mean, that, that would be a nice thing to do. But, you know, we ought to pay our inmates. Yeah, some inmates, some states are really miserly. They pay $0.10 cents an hour for labor. But, you know, 4 or $5 a week will buy an inmate a toothpaste. It'll buy them a bag of Cheetos. It buys some very small things, a, a a bag of ramen that they can mix with hot water and have a meal. I mean, things that, that life in prison is not a country club. And, and the notion that we don't provide some kind of reward for labor is really kind of unbelievable. I hadn't thought about it, and it's it's stunning. And there are people in prison that commissary accounts, some of them don't have money in their commissary accounts. And so and so, what they do, and another thing about labor is, is when you don't have the wherewithal for even the barest necessities of life, you turn to crime to obtain them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, this, it would be a good thing for prisons to provide some money, but I'm sure we couldn't afford it. Hell, Louisiana pays its inmates. Don't we want to be competitive with them? No, I guess this makes us a better place since we don't. We have slave labor here. Of course, we have a legislator who got caught working slave labor at its plastics company. So I, I don't. You know what's the difference? Okay, uh, moving on, but staying in the legislature, the House Rules Committee this week effectively killed legislation from uh, Doug House to expand the list of medical conditions. 
uh, for which medical marijuana may be prescribed. And that was pretty much all the governor's do. Well, I think so. I mean, well, the Rules Committee is appointed by the House Speaker, Matthew Shepard, and they do what the Speaker tells them to do, and they kill the bill. They didn't even get a, a, a vote, a motion for a due pass. And then the governor issued this, and his health department director issued this sort of, I thought, bizarre news release almost immediately after that bill was killed warning people about the dangers of marijuana and its addictiveness and 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 i don't want to make light of things there are people who abuse marijuana i mean yes but i have i'm not aware of any study that puts marijuana on a level anywhere near alcohol for danger and we have some pretty reasonable evidence that it provides some pain relief for people and so and, and I'm not saying necessarily that all the additional 40 conditions that they wanted to cover with this were a good idea or not. I can't speak scientifically on that. But what we see is, you know, a drug warrior still, and that, and that the governor is doing everything he can to continue to view marijuana in a criminal sense and to make it hard as possible to get hold of. And I think this is going to only speed the legalization movement in Arkansas. I mean, already somebody's talking about a petition campaign, and it's easy to talk and hard to do. But it's coming in other states, and we may be last, but it'll come here too because that's where America is. They just don't see the danger in marijuana that Asa Hutchinson does. Yeah. Well, it's Melissa Fultz, I think, who talked about it, and she's had some success through grassroots uh, petition gathering. So. Right. Well, the first thing they've got to do is get it past uh, Leslie Rutledge, and, and uh, that's that's not easy. And, and they have made petition gathering hard. And, by the way, that's on the list of constitutional convention proposals is several more ways to make it just about impossible to put a popular initiative on the ballot, either amendment or, or, or referred act. Because, I mean, the powers that be don't like democracy. That's all. Yeah, well, in this this case, it seemed particularly crazy that they wouldn't even debate it in committee. They they just summarily kill it. Well, no, I mean, they just, it was just not going to happen. I mean, there's there's no argument to be had. The word came down that we're not going to help medical marijuana. That's all. I mean, there's, that's all. I mean, Asa opposed the medical marijuana amendment. If it had been left to him, we wouldn't have any medical marijuana. And we're more than two years out from its approval, and we still don't have medical marijuana. And I, I think that's, if not by design, is is not an unhappy circumstance for the governor. Uh, Doug House, who is uh, very conservative from uh from North Litterack was seemed a little bit taken aback. Really he, interesting guy, you know, a guy who I think was not particularly supportive of medical marijuana in the front, but like sometimes happens at the legislature, even among the philosophically damaged, <laughs> they decide to become an expert in an issue. He said, if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. And he studied it and studied it and did all this stuff. And he concluded that our list wasn't long enough and we should add some stuff. I was talking to somebody today, though, because I was writing about cigarettes and tobacco. And, I mean, really, marijuana would be good for treating COPD, pulmonary disorder. That kind of seems counterintuitive to me. I mean, you do smoke to ingest marijuana. Well, well, not, not, I mean, but to. you can take it as an edible, too. I mean, I think the, the one thing that's... That, should be obvious is there's we just don't know enough about marijuana and 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 that's fair and and where a critic 
of it says we don't have definitive research on all the ends. And I mean, absolutely not. I, you know, I agree with that, but we don't, we don't have much evidence of its, of its dangers either. And, and we've had a lot of studies, including at NCTR that hadn't gotten a lot of attention over the years that, you know, it doesn't impair you to the extent, I mean, you're more able to drive, more able to function, while taking marijuana than when you're drinking beer. And I mean, that's a, a funny recommendation, but that's, that's an issue worth considering when, when we treat it far more punitively than we do alcohol. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe it's one of the quirks of that. It's still considered, uh, it's a scheduled, scheduled drug. Right. And so it's considered very dangerous. And that, that, keeps it from being studied like alcohol and tobacco right if they would just change its status then we could do some more research but the drug warriors don't it's kind of like the gun people on gun studies they don't want them done because somebody might the studies might say we ought to do some other things we might have gun control or maybe a little marijuana is okay after all uh you mentioned tobacco uh you had an interesting story about uams and and big tobacco today (laughs) no i learned today you know the UAMS wants to have a National Cancer Research Institute so they can qualify for big grant money, and you have to do certain things to qualify for that. For one thing, they're going to have to spend some money to make money. They've got to build up their faculty and that sort of thing. Well, a bill was entered, and it's going to cost 10 to $20 million a year in state support, and this is a state that's cutting spending everywhere else and cutting taxes on rich people and needs money for highways. So they came up with a, a funding bill that Jonathan Dismang and, and Andy Davis are behind that on its surface, well, uh, have tobacco pay for it. And that's what well, tobacco pay for cancer research. Well, that's not what this bill is at all. I mean, I think the big money comes from a 50% increase in the tax on marijuana, which uh, would make it the only drug that has a sales tax on it. It would add a 2% sales tax on marijuana at both the wholesale and retail level to go to the Cancer Institute, there'd be a little tiny tax on cigarette papers and a little tiny additional tax on on tobacco sales. But also the bill would preempt local control on on smoking. It would, it would not allow cities or counties or any local agencies to pass ordinances that were further restrictive than what the state required on, on tobacco. And uh, just like we've done in other areas, take away local control if it, if it threatens a big lobby. It also would provide a preferred tax rate for something called, a, I forget what the phrase is, but it's a modified tobacco product. It's a different kind of, well, they've got this thing in the pipeline that's up for FDA approval right now that you don't light a match to, to produce nicotine, you uh, use heat. And it doesn't produce smoke. It's, there's some. It's like ISOQ. There's some weird name for it. It's in Europe, I think, already. It's not a vape. It's no, like, it's, like it's, vape. it's 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 kind of like a vape. And, and vapes maybe don't yet have this status from FDA either. But if they got it, they could qualify. If you're considered something that are less harmful than a cigarette, i.e., more beneficial, which is a joke, then you would get a low tax rate. I mean, this this bill was written by the tobacco lobby. I mean, Dismang's former chief of staff, James Miller, is a, Philip, is a Reynolds lobbyist, and he's been bragging that he's behind a lot of the stuff in it. And so, I mean, what you've got is blood money. You've got, you've got a bill that takes care of local control on tobacco and provides a preferential tax rate for a new product. 
and sets a low tax rate on vaping liquid and and does other things and to pay for cancer research. UAMS, I finally got a response from them this afternoon on how they felt about getting cancer research money by a bill written by the tobacco lobby. They said, oh, we don't have anything to do with the money. We're just behind the institute bill, which is not exactly an answer to my question. Uh, finally, just very quickly, the uh, Mayor Frank Scott announced this week that the that he'd narrowed the police chief search. Inter- interesting. Uh, we've got two Little Rock Police Department assistant chiefs in the finalists, Hayward Finks, who's a 30-year veteran, who is a, a black man, and Alice Folk, a 26-year veteran, who's a white woman. Uh, and then there's a, 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 a chief from uh, Oklahoma, who's a black man, and a, a white guy from L.A., who's a retired, a retired L.A. Retired L.A. cop. Very interesting lineup, and, and I, I left out the, the guy who had some connections Keith Aramia, a state trooper to, to one of Frank Scott's big campaign backers. Since I've mentioned that before, I just mentioned that. But uh, interesting, I, you know, I, some of the things we, I mean, if I were to dope it, I think I might say the pick is a guy from Norman, Oklahoma. He's a, uh, he's a black guy. And for a majority black city, that's more or less, or a majority brown city, that's not a bad thing. He apparently has shown some interest in having citizen review panels for police action, which is not something the Fraternal Order of Police likes and rank-and-file cops normally don't like, but a lot of other people do. Uh, You know, it avoids choosing sides in the two finalists from Little Rock. And I don't really know how the police force at large looks at them. I mean, we know we have this sort of black-white split in the department between black officers and white officers of the FOP. Uh, I don't necessarily know that they split along those lines on Fulks and Finks. Finks, we do know, has been credited with being the inventor of the community policing policy that was random traffic stops. So-called community policing. (laughs) So-called community, which was... Well, it was just dumb is what it was. I mean, he may be a great guy. I don't know, but that was not a bright idea. And so, so as I say, I mean, they might both be there to just satisfy appearances and then go outside. And I like the guy from Norman because a retired LA cop looking to double up his retirement pay coming from LA police department, which has had problems over the years. I, I mean, it's hard for me to see that, although he may be a real pro's pro. I mean, he's like maybe in his late 50s or something. I don't know. He was a commander of their downtown division at one time. I mean, bad, big time, no doubt about that. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I sort of – I just kind of sort of like the Norman guy for some reason. But I, but I they're going to all be interviewed. They're going to be public forums with all of them, and I do think it will be very important – how these guys and the one woman does when they meet the public and answer questions. So we'll see. Okay. Let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got? Well, I don't know if it's exactly endorsement, but I finally did start binge watching true detective and I caught up with where they are last night. And, and I, I don't know the storyline flummoxes me and I'm, I'm often confused about what's the timelines. Well, not just the timelines, as you know, I mean, they, they, they go through three stages of the key characters lives but it's not just that. I'm just, I mean, I'm just, it's just too abstruse for me. But I really like the characters. I mean, I really like the actors. I, the, the lead detectives are great. 
this crackhead that, that has emerged with supposed inside information on the missing girl. I mean, I don't know where they got him, but he's just like absolutely pitch perfect crankhead. You know, I just kind of enjoy watching him and, and the, I don't know, I'm terrible with actors' names, but the lead guy, the black guy. Marshall Ali. He's really great. Yeah. He's fabulous. And, and the makeup, the the transformation of him from young to old is just it's just incredible to watch. So I'm I'm enjoying that part of it anyway. Yeah, I went to uh, the um, oh why, why am I blanking out of what it's called the the film uh, the Little Rock Cinema Society they showed right. the advance the six episode the Arkansas right, Cinema right. Society yeah the Catherine Tucker heads and uh, Graham Gordy who's a friend and a friend of the Toms. Uh, did some writing on the show and he i think he was the lead writer on this latest episode was it because i that was about my favorite episode was the sixth was yeah uh and he he had some funny insights his his best line you know in in a writer's room he's been the showrunner before and you're kind of the it's like an editor i guess you're you're the one who's ultimately calling the shots you're taking everybody's ideas and you're picking the, the best ones and he said that his his time in True Detective, it was kind of like Brett Bielema winning a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just sort of happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had there there were no uh, you know no real stakes for him. It was all upside. So, um, but but yeah, I, I I'm into the season. I think the acting is great. It's interesting to try to pick out landmarks in Northwest Arkansas. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I didn't see much. I mean, it's. I know it was filmed there, but in the watching I've done, I haven't picked up on much. But well, you didn't notice Hugo's. No, I missed that. Yeah, they they have lunch at Hugo's at one point. And there's a bar. That is that bar real or is that yeah stage? Uh, it is. It's a well known bar. That, oh, oh, it's Herman's. That's what it was. That's Herman's. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I've been to Herman's. I didn't recognize it. Yeah, I think they just. It's it's because they they took everything out. But I'm excited for the last two episodes. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts, and catch us next week. See you around.